How's everyone doing? Praise God. It's an honor and privilege to be back again. Must have done okay. You invited me back the second night. Okay. <laughs> but God is a good God. I've got a word from the Lord for you. Isn't that good? Amen. amen. You know, all the promises in God are yes and amen. I had a guy one time said, well, if you pray and God says no, I said, you're praying to the wrong God. Because my God said all of his promises are yes and amen. Right? Well, I want to talk to you tonight about healing in redemption. Salvation, healing, God's dual provision. As the pastor just said, he provided all. Everything you need is already provided. There used to be a song, he's already provided. Everything you need, anything you need is already provided. Do you know there is enough wealth in this earth? I heard a man talk about this a couple of years ago. If you took all of the wealth right now that everybody's got, bank accounts, homes, everything, and put it out into outer space, there's still enough wealth in the earth that over 7 billion people could be millionaires. The awesomeness of our God. I want you to think about this. If you took all the wealth of every billionaire and a millionaire in America and bought bird seed, they would only be able to feed the birds for three days till we'd be out of money. But God feeds them every day. Every day. That's the awesomeness of our God. Amen? But I want to bring the word to you, and then a little bit later toward the end, God has dealt with me about praying a special prayer, and then we're going to begin praying for people. But I really feel that God is going to do something absolutely incredible in here tonight. Because God is an awesome God. And you know, God always... I, I, immediately they're called picking up steam. God always, it's like it increases the anointing and it'll increase, it'll increase what God does. I love teaching on healing because, uh, as the pastor had said before he posted the thing on Facebook, my dad was a 100% disabled vet, so I've always had a compassion for people who were sick. It's always been there with me. And, you know, I like that Jesus didn't leave anything out. He had compassion, moved with compassion, I remember in one scripture said that he just found out John the Baptist had been killed. So he went away to a place to be by himself. Can you imagine? This was his relative, you've got to realize. And he said the multitudes came to him, and he was moved with compassion and healed them all in his worst time. But that's our God. God is an awesome God. Dual provision. Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs, our sickness and disease. He's carried our sorrows, which is our pains. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for iniquities, chastised our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. So let's, let's take a look at this and break it down. Man is spirit, soul, and body. In this scripture, he took care of spirit, amen, soul, that's your emotional side of man, and also, he said, your what? Body. He didn't leave anything out. He didn't leave anything out. Now, I know that there is a spirit of depression that comes. And I've prayed in many places, seen people deliver that spirit of depression. But if you really get the promises of God when that spirit tries to come around, 
and start meditating on those and start thanking God for them, that spirit will leave in a hurry. It will leave in a hurry. Amen? It will. we got to realize everything that God already appropriated for us, it's already done. We don't have to beg God. The worst thing in the church is people coming and begging God. All you have to do is come and receive by faith. He said, let us come boldly to the throne room of God. By what? By faith. And why? Because the blood has paid it all. So we come boldly. One man, he said, I want you to pray. We need to bombard the gates of heaven. Another man said, you bombard the gates all you want. I'm going to just walk right into the throne room. We don't have to bombard the gates. We can walk in. We have access through sonship. Amen. First Peter 2 and 24 said, Who his own self, he said, Bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin might do what? Live. Are you with me? Live unto what? Righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. Let me tell you something. When you got saved, you became righteous. You never get more righteous. The day you were born again, then when you've been in heaven a thousand years from now, you'll be no more righteous than you were that day. We do works of righteousness, amen, but we never get any more righteous because we were made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. That means in right standing. When the Father looks at me, He sees the same standing as He does Jesus. Because I have His righteousness, and you have His righteousness. When you realize this, it takes away the fear of approaching God. Or it takes away, well, will God do this? Will He do that? I'm just so unworthy. That's garbage. Throw it away. You were unworthy, but by the blood of Jesus Christ, you've been made worthy. Amen? I was once a wretch, but thank God I'm not a wretch anymore. I'm saved by the blood of Christ. I've heard people say, I'm just no sinner. It's saved by grace. I said, no, you're not. You need to get saved if you're just an old sinner. The Bible said you've been made the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. One man come to me, a, a mighty man of God, and he said, Jim, he said, you know, my sins, I'm just like David, are always before me. And I was just a young man in the Lord, and he was an elder to me. I didn't say anything to him, but he didn't realize David's sins had only been covered. Amen. But praise God, our sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's been paid for. It's done. That way we have access to come into the throne room of God. We can fellowship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Thank you, Lord. See, God, He loves me. I'm His favorite. My wife says she is, but I'm His favorite. She's, I'm His favorite. She knows it. She knows it. But the Father can never forget you. Your earthly dad, your earthly mom might walk off, but your father can never forget you. You know why? Because you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where's Jesus seated? At the right hand of the Father. I'm in Christ. So every time he looks at the at, at Jesus, the Father does, who does he see? Us. You. Me. At the right hand of the Father. So when you understand this, it helps you to receive all that he did for you. All that He did for you. Amen? In these scriptures, we see that there's healing for the body provided in the same redemption as salvation. Same work was done. Salvation for the Spirit, right? And there's also physical healing for the body. If you're saved, you should be healed. Come on, somebody. If you're healed, you should be saved. In the early church, it was common 
Very commonplace. I've read in the early church when somebody would come and get saved, accepted Jesus, they were instantly healed. That's a good thing, right? Because the same work was done. They were instantly were healed. Instantly were healed. That's the reason I love in the book of James 5.14, he says, Is there any among you sick? Now, let, let's break that down. Let's analyze it just a moment. He said, Is there any among you sick? That was a question because it wasn't common for a sick person to be in church. Come on. So he says, Is any sick? If, if there is, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them do what? Anointeth all and pray what? The prayer of faith. Not this old garbage. Oh, Lord, if it be thy will. I've been in services holding healing meetings and people run up and try to pray for people. I remember one lady, oh, Lord, if it be your will. I said, get out of the way. Go sit down. I rebuke you openly. You come talking unbelief in one of my meetings, I will set you down. I said, no, you sit down right over there. You just go ahead and sit over there. I said, because we know it's already his will. He established that. Amen. I said, so, and he said, let him do what? Pray the prayer of faith. The Lord shall raise him up. So he heal him. And listen to me. If he's for, if he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven. I've heard people say, well, I don't know. Will God do this? I, I did something. So first of all, repent of it. I said, but do you realize? In those days that sinners would come, they were sick, they'd lay hands on them, and they'd be healed. And when they healed, got healed, salvation of the Lord would come, their sins would be forgiven, and they'd get saved right there and raised up off that sick bed. At the same time. Amen? That's a good thing. Psalms. I love what Psalms says. 103, verse 1 through 5. Sandy and I, we confess this scripture many, many nights, almost every night. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all's them me. Bless his holy name. It's a good thing blessing the Lord is. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forgetting not all of his benefits. Do you know there's benefits in serving God? The problem is, Pastor Scott, in the church, many people have never opened their benefit package. Every year at my job, they sent me my benefit package. Here's your benefits. You got eye, dental, health, all this stuff they got in there. This is yours. It's your benefit package. The company has provided it for you. If I die, Sandy gets money. They provided that. I hope she never gets that. But anyway. So he said that forgives all this. He said forgetting all his benefits. He said who forgives all your iniquities? That's your sins. But he didn't stop there. He said, listen, the psalmist who heals all of your disease. Only you look at somebody and say all. Doesn't matter what they are, he heals them all. Heals them all. Does not matter what they are. If you need a complete overall, God will do it. Because in the benefits, it's already there. All you have to do is receive what he already did. In meetings, I tell you, healing meetings all the time, I'm going to get you tonight to receive what he already did. I said, you don't get healed, you receive healing. Come on. You receive healing. You receive the work he's already done. He'll never take another stripe. It's already completed. Completed. Amen? Who heals all your diseases. He don't stop there. Redeems your life from destruction. Aren't you glad? Crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Satisfies your, and people don't get this, your mouth with good things. Because if he satisfies your mouth with good things, you're going to speak good things. Life and death is the power of the tongue. 
and good things are going to come to you. And he said, who renews your youth like the eagle? I studied eagles. I preach on eagles. Do you know if you take a seven-year-old eagle and a 70-year-old eagle and set them side by side, you can't tell them apart? Because every seven years, an eagle is renewed from the top of his head unto his talons. Totally new. He said, renews your youth like the eagle. I heard Oral Roberts say, I got a hold of this scripture too late. He said, if I, if I would have got this scripture, I would have lived to be a whole lot longer and a whole lot stronger than what I did. But he said, I got a hold of it too late. But he, God wants us to live long and be strong. Look at somebody say, live long and be strong. God doesn't want you in a nursing home eating tapioca pudding wearing a diaper. Amen? Come on, somebody. God wants you strong. He wants you walking in His power. I want to be like Caleb. Caleb was 80 years old and he said, Joshua, hey, Moses gave me that mountain up there. God gave me this. Don't you take it away from me. I'm 80 years old. I'm still able to take that mountain. And the mountain Caleb was talking about was the one with the giants and the chariots and the iron. And Caleb said, I'm 80 years old and I can whip any giant on the mountain. Hallelujah. I want to be just like him. When I get to heaven, I want to shake Caleb's hand and tell him you were an inspiration to me. Why? God renews us. Amen. He renews our youth. Come on. You're not getting ready to retire. You're getting ready to refire. Just get fired up in God and do those things of God. If the Lord tarries and I live to be 120 years old, I'm still going to be preaching the gospel. I'm still going to be laying hands on the sick. I'm still going to be casting out devils. Amen? Ain't no time to retire. Don't think you're going to retire in heaven because He said He's going to give us dominion over cities and everything else. God's going to have a job for you then. The best job, though, now, pastor said something earlier. Every one of you, you need to find yourself four crazy friends. Amen. If you got four crazy friends who are filled with faith and the Holy Ghost, you can make it in life. So in the fifth chapter of the book of Luke, verse 5, verse 20 said, Jesus was teaching and the power of God was present to heal. What am I doing right now? The power of God is present to heal right here. Whether you recognize it or not, the power is here. And they came through. The room was full. The Pharisees and all of them were there. It was full. The house was full. So these old boys have their friend. He's sick. He's on a stretcher. So they go through. Can't get him in the, in the door. Can't go through. Can't get him through the window. They said, hey, guess what? You know, the, the hope of that man on the stretcher, it might have sunk. But these four crazies, they said, you know what we're going to do? Let's just go up top. And let's just tear the roof off. Didn't ask nobody. Didn't ask the owner of the house, can we take the roof off? And we're going to lower you down so Jesus is going to see you. They could have thought to himself, wait a minute. You're going to take me way up there, and you four big dummies are going to take me and drop me down. He might have said, I'm just not sure about that. You know what? Something about their faith. I'm sure he said, let's go. See, they had a determination to get him to Jesus. So when they lowered him down, the first thing Jesus did, he saw their what? Faith. And when he saw their faith, he looked at the man on the stretcher. He said, young man, your sins are forgiven you. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees, no wonder they were Sadducees. 
They didn't believe in the resurrection. I'd be sad if I didn't believe in the resurrection. When he perceived their thoughts, he said this. They said, who is this that says forgive sins? This man blasphemed. Jesus said, what is easier to do? Say, your sins be forgiven or rise up and walk. He told the man, take up your bed and walk. And the man did. You see what Jesus knew was, when he took care of the sin problem, then the healing had to come. Because disease has no power where there's no sin. Oh, come on, somebody. The devil will try to put it on you, but the bottom line is where there's no sin, there's no power. No power of death. Come on. There's no power of lack. There's no power of disease. There's no power of bondage where there's no sin. Aren't you glad your sin's been washed away? So he let him down. So he then got up, and guess what? He got up. And he carried his bed, and he walked out. They must have parted for him to get out. He didn't have to go back through the roof, did he? But Jesus looked and saw him, and he said, Man, i got good good word. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins. See, what Jesus was saying is, when I forgive his sins, what you all don't know, when I forgive his sins, the sickness has to go. It has no power. See, through Adam, we were been under a curse. We were under a curse. The curse was threefold when Adam fell. Poverty, sickness, and death. Am I right? It's a curse that come in the whole world. But thank God, through the second Adam, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, Galatians 3 and 13, because what? Curses everyone that hangs upon the tree. So we've been redeemed from the curse. Aren't you glad for that redemption? So if I've been redeemed from the curse, death has no hold. Sickness has no hold. Poverty has no hold. I can walk in the fullness of what God has because I've been redeemed from that. So I've been redeemed from all those things. Thank God. Thank God He's addressed those things. In the Scripture, we see that healing for the body and salvation of the Spirit are contained in the same Redemptive work. You can't separate them. Now, we've had this issue. In church, if someone comes to the altar to be saved, right then we say, praise God, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, for saving them. Am I correct? Everybody knows if you come down that altar and you confess Jesus, you're going to be saved. But they come and get in a healing line, and in some churches it's like, well, I don't know. We don't look at it with the same faith as when they come. Because for too long it's been separate, am I right? So many churches never pray for the sick. They don't believe in praying for the sick anymore. So all the days of praying for the sick and healing are over. Then so are the days of salvation. Whoever stopped? One man, they were having this big denominational meeting and they were talking in there and he was one of these leaders and they were having this discussion on things they were going to do. And bylaws were going to change. And they said, well, we're going to take angels out. We think we should take angels out. And they had this discussion. He sat back and said nothing. He said, okay, I just got one. They said, everybody in agreement? He said, no, hold it. I got one question. So what's that? He said, if you're going to take angels out, what are you going to give me? If you're going to take angels out, you better have something better to give me. Am I right? If you're going to say, hey, we're going to take healing out, you better have something better to give me. No. For so long we have done that. And we think that, oh, we're, 
I've heard people say, we're a spirit-filled church, but they never pray for the sick. What kind of spirit you filled with? There's a whole lot of spirits out there you can be filled with, you know what I'm saying? Just watch a, a speech, a political speech, you'll see a whole lot of spirits people are filled with. Both are completed in the redemptive work of Christ. When you understand what's been accomplished in your redemption, it makes you a different person. You're a free person. Are you with me? Free. He came to do what? The Bible said he's done what? Made us free. We've been made free. You are what? Free people? No more sin? No more sickness. He has taken them away because he was your substitute. Jesus took all the sins of the world, past, present, and future. He took all the sickness of the world, past, present, and future, and he bore it. And he carried it. And its power was destroyed. So no longer does it have any power. There is none. You've got to realize he was our substitute. We should have been crucified. We should have died. We should have faced judgment. We should have had to go to hell. But thank God, thank God for the redemption of Jesus Christ. He was our substitute. When the Father said, who will go? He said, God, I'll pay the price. I'll pay the price. I'll be the lamb. I'll be the sacrifice. We should get what God paid for. We should get what God paid for. He paid for it all. All. You realize your substitute, at last the joy of full salvation has become real to you. There's a joy in salvation. There's a joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Just the joy of the Lord that comes. When you realize these things, we should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. Amen? Thank you, Lord. You realize complete de deliverance. Christians do not to need to be sick. God wants you to be well and strong. Come on, somebody. Don't shout me down. See your sins forgiven and your sicknesses healed. See deliverance for your body as well as for your spirit. God has redeemed both of those. He's delivered us for both of those things. E.W. Kenyon made this statement. Jesus bore our infirmities, our diseases, our sicknesses. What he bore, we do not need to bear. Are you with me? We do not need to bear. Amen? I love that. What he took upon himself, we do not need to suffer. Christians don't suffer judgment like the white throne judgment because of what Christ did for us. We don't have to be sick because of what Christ did for us. His redemptive power, it's already done. It's already completed. And how do I know it's completed? He sat down. He sat down at the right hand of the Father, and he said, Jim, Scott, Robert, you go now and enforce what I did. Because the devil wants to act a fool, and he wants to do something. God said, you go and enforce it. I tell people all the time, I'm not trying to get the victory. I'm enforcing the victory he already won for me. But thanks be to God who always gives us the victory in Christ Jesus. There is no defeat for us. Come on, somebody. There is no defeat for us. We're victorious in every realm. In every realm. Kenneth Hagin once said, when you make up your mind that you're going to stand, no matter what comes your way, what matter hits you, now tests and trials will come. He said, you're going to find out you don't have to stand 
very long. God shows up. He shows up on our behalf. Amen? The object of Christ's sin-bearing was to make righteous all those who believe in His sin-bearing. Believe in Him as their sin-bearer. The object of disease-bearing was to make well all of those who believe in Him as their disease-bearer. And we're going to do something with this tonight. Christ. Sin-bearing made righteousness a reality and a certainty for the new creation. That's us. He made it a reality. That's a problem. Many Christians, it doesn't become a reality to them yet. That they've been made righteous. It needs to become a reality in your life. Amen? God is good. Made a reality. He said He took our diseases. He said, well, He took our infirmities. He made us strong. He now trades his successes, are you with me, for our failures. There is no failure in Christ. No failure in Christ. We have to understand that. Each of the, And I, I love what he said. We always see the twofold deliverance of Christ. And if you go back to the original Greek, it's very, very interesting. He said the word saved in Romans 10 and 9 is the same Greek word used by Mark when he said as many as touched his garment were made whole. Mark 6 and 56. Both words saved and made whole were translated from the same Greek word, sozo. You need to get a hold of that word, sozo. When the devil comes around with sickness disease, you need to say, bozo, I've already had sozo. You just might as well move on down the line. Amen? He said the following scripture translated from the same Greek word. Sozo, healed, Mark 5, 23. Saved, Mark 16, 20, 16, sozo. Sozo, healed, Luke 8, 36. Sozo, saved, Acts 2 and 21. Sozo, healed, Acts 14 and 9. Saved, sozo, Ephesians 2 and 8. Glory to God. I feel like running. Woo! Saved, Luke 18 and 42, sozo. Saved, James 5 and 15. Made whole, sozo, Mark 5 and 24. Glory to God. Be made whole, Mark 5 and 28, sozo. Glory at whole, Acts 4, 29. Saved, Acts 4, 12. Made whole, Mark 6, 56. Sozo. It was all done. The same word, the same thing. Made us whole, healed, redeemed, saved. It's the same thing. You and I, that's our benefit package. We have that through the blood. He's already paid for it. Let's just enjoy it. Amen? The Bible says with long life, he'll satisfy us and show us his salvation. So I tell my wife, I say, Sandy, you better be buying a bunch of that oil of Olay and that other stuff because I ain't running around with no old woman. I'm going to live long and be strong. So, hey, if I'm 120 running around, I want you looking good. You know what I'm saying? I like that preference by L'Oreal and all that other stuff. Hey, man, I believe in Mary Kay. Mary Kay did a good thing. Amen? Why ain't you laughing there, brother? (laughs) Amen? It didn't work for him. Now, I want to... We're going to do a few things, but I want you to think about some things. There was a a woman 
And her family's all gathered around the family reunion. They're all talking. They're all talking about some different things. She's 94 years old. Wonderful Methodist lady. And they were talking about some different things. They said, you know what? said, I ain't ever seen great-grandmother sick. Kids and stuff said, you know, come think of it, I ain't ever seen her sick. None of them said, we ain't ever seen her sick. So they went in there and said, hey, Granny, can, can you, you tell, we've never seen you sick. She said, well, there's a reason for that. They said, well, what is it? She said, I was a 17-year-old Methodist girl. I was in a church. I was in a church service. We had evangelists come in. And the evangelist, he said this. He said, how many of you have ever accepted Jesus as your Savior? She said, all the hands went up. He said, that's good. But now I want to know, how many of you have ever accepted Jesus as your healer? And he brought the Scripture on healing and salvation. And she said, that day I went to the altar and tears flooded down my face, just like when I got saved. And she said, I got in that altar and said, Jesus, thank you for the stripes on your back. Jesus, you're my Lord and you're my Savior. Jesus, today, Jesus, I, I receive you as my healer. Lord Jesus, be my healer all the days of my life. And she said, I got up. I was 17 years old. She was 94. She said, I've never had a cold. I've never had sickness, disease, arthritis, nothing. She said, not one thing all the days of my life. She accepted Jesus as her healer. I said, what a concept. What a concept. It's the only time I ever heard of that. When that lady said that, I said, my, 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 what we have missed. What we have missed in God. Tonight, we're going to give an altar call. Mm, I feel the Holy Spirit for everybody that wants to receive Jesus as their healer tonight. Is that okay? We'll get to that. Amen? Amen? There was a... A lady coming to some meetings, and you know, when you know this, you stand fast on God's Word. She went to this church, and a big old cancer come out on the side of her face. They said it's big and ugly and nasty. And she said, thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. You know, we used to have testimony nights. Anybody ever, ever remember we had testimony night? When I went to church, we had testimony. At one church, every Thursday night, we had testimony night. People, some people had a good testimony, some of them. I don't know about that. One says, oh, the devil's been after me all day long, bless his holy name. (laughs) One lady told you today, and she said, the devil's been on my back all day long. So I don't blame him. It's a good ride. (laughs) But, But people would testify. So anybody got a testimony? So she said, I do. I want to thank God for healing me of this cancer. Big old cancer's on her face. Well, praise God. Next Thursday night, come. Anybody got a testimony? I just want to thank God for healing me of this cancer. People, you know, they're real excited the first time after they kept going. She did this for a year. I just want to thank God for healing me of that test. Some people even look and say, that poor old, her, her mind's not good. We can look and see that cancer's gone. And one day, she's in there getting ready, and she just thank God for healing. She says, now, Lord, you know I know that you healed me already. I'm healed. She said, God, not for my benefit, but just show this bunch. Lord, you're the healer. That night she stood up. Everybody got a testimony. She stood up, and they're like, oh, my. She said, I want to thank God for healing me of this cancer, and it fell off in the floor. And their skin was like a baby. 
skin like a baby's. But when did God heal her? The day she asked him. It's like the baptism of the Holy Spirit, man. I tell you what. I had gotten saved and just hungry for God. And so they talked about this baptism of the Holy Spirit and the thing. So I'm listening. I said, man, I need this. Because see, it said you'll be a witness for Him. You'll have to receive power. So Brother Scott, I, I said, I, I need this. I need this. So I went down in my house, down the basement. I had a big man cave down there. And I got down the basement. And I got down on my knees. I said, now, Father, you said... The baptism of the Holy Spirit was for everyone. I receive power after I receive it, Lord. That's your word, Lord. Now, Father, you said, see, the problem we got today, we pray the problem, not the answer. And I said, Lord, you said, if I'd ask anything in Jesus' name, you'd do it. And you said, this is a gift, Lord. I said, right now, Father, I lift up my hands. I ask in the Jesus' name to be filled with the Holy Ghost, to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I call. Thank you, Lord, that it's done. In the natural, nothing happened. Man, I got up, I was happy as a fat baby in a Gerber factory. I said, Lord, thank you for my baptism. I mean, upstairs, thank you for the baptism. Next morning, going to work, I just want to thank the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. So, Thursday night comes. Scott, it's testimony night. Anybody got a testimony? I do. I don't know. What is it, Brother Jim? I want to thank God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now everybody's like, woo! You know, they're getting Pentecostal. And the pastor looked at me and said, you've been speaking in tongues? I said, no. He said, brother, he said, God don't give you a, wa- a tongue or wagon without a tongue. I said, I didn't ask for a wagon nor a tongue, but I asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I didn't know anything about rebuking an elder. you got to remember, I was only saved for a month, and I, I'd been a heathen before. And I said... Thank you, Lord. He said, if I ask anything in his name, I'd receive it. Thank you, Lord. And I sat down. Oh, it worked the whole next week. I'm praising God. I'm thanking God and everything. So, <laughs> so they asked, anybody got a testimony? I popped up. I got one. I thank God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Brother, have you been speaking in tongues? I said, nope. Well, we just want to let you know you didn't get it. I said, I'm sorry, but yes, I did because I asked the Father in Jesus' name. He said, anything I ask, and God cannot lie. It's mine. And I sat down. <laughs> when do we work that week? Praising God. Sunday night comes. I come into church from work. We had to work seven days a week, and I was chewing this uh, baseball gum, purple. You boys probably seen that. And I had a big wad of that in my jaw, and I come in, and I was looking for a trash can to throw it away, and I couldn't find a trash can. God has a sense of humor. So I couldn't find a trash can. So I'm sitting there by my aunt. I got the songbook. And I'm just thanking God, and I'm just happy as can be. And I got the songbook. And we're just singing along. And all of a sudden, something got the songbook. And my heels were bouncing. I said, this is it. This is it. And I said, oh, my tongue was going. No control. And I said, ah, i got to get this bubble gum out. They're down my knees. I'm trying to get this bubble gum out of my mouth. And I can't. <laughs> Finally get the bubble gum out of my mouth and just the power of God. And the next thing I knew, I don't know how I got there. I was in the pulpit prophesying. 
And where I'm working at, I, I hear somebody praying inside me. I'd hear these words, I'd hear all this stuff, and anything I'd say, God, I got to know what's going on. I could hear it. I could hear Hebrew. I could hear all these words. I had no idea. And they just kept the names of God. So I said, God, I got to know something. So I get back to this uh, home that, that day, that night. Bill Self called an elder and says, Hey, Jim, I've been thinking about you. I said, yeah, when you want to come over. I knew my answer. He said, I, I can be over there. You know, about 7 o'clock. I said, come on. So he comes over. He go down the man cave. We're talking. I said, Bill, let me tell you what happened to him. He's grinning. He said, what are those words? I said, those words? He said, yeah. You've been hearing them, right? I said, yeah. He said, can you say any of them? And over my mouth. It just rolled. But when do I receive it? The day I prayed and got up off my knees down the basement. God filled me. That's the promise of God. Amen. Every believer needs to be filled with the Spirit. Like the woman with the cancer. What did she say? Thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. Now, the manifestation took place later, but she received it on the day she believed. I've seen people, my younger sister, she was baptized in the Holy Spirit. She got saved the day they baptized her in water. she come up speaking in tongues. There's a church I used to work with the homeless, and people would come, and people would get saved. They would baptize them, and a lot of times they'd come out of the water speaking in tongues. Just God, just a move of God. Sandy and I in our ministry, we stopped counting years ago. We had seen over 10,000 baptized in the Spirit. That's years. Carol been with us many places in Brazil, big churches, and we'd have they'd come. And it's amazing. These are spirit-filled churches, but two-thirds or more of their church wasn't filled. But God took care of that by the time we left. Amen? That's God. That's God. God is a good God. An awesome God. You know, there's one time a manifestation of healing took place in my ministry. Which was, which was very interesting. It's only happened once. How many of you believe in angels? I was holding revival, holding healing meetings, and uh, I got a call from man. She says, Jim, Barb, my first cousin, said her, uh, her fiancé, he's in the hospital, and uh, they've given him up. He's, he's got cancer all through his body. He's in bad shape. They got him on morphine. They said he's up there. They're just waiting for him to die. And said, Barb's, of course, her fiance. She's all upset. Would you go pray for him? I said, sure I will. Never get as long as I live. He was down at St. Luke's Hospital in a little town called Mommy, Ohio. And it rained, buddy. It come a gully washer. I mean, the bullfrogs, they had life vests on. There's so much water. It rained. It rained and rained and rained. I thought, we're going to build an ark. It keeps this up. So that night, I told him, I said, listen, I called my, my Aunt Ruth. I said, I'll be there. I got to get out of this service. I got to get down here and I got to get over there. But let her know. Tell her fiance, I'm coming. Tell the hospital. They called me and said, We've told the hospital. They know you're coming. They'll let you in. So I get down to the hospital. I go through, walk through. The lady says, Hey, I'm here to see so and so. They said, Oh, okay. We've been expecting you. So I go up there, walk down the hallway. His room's over here on the left. And I walk in. I said, Hi, how you doing? And he's, in, he's just in pain. And I said, uh, I'm Barb's cousin Jim. They tell you I'm coming. I said, yeah, it's okay. 
So I got talking with him. I find out he's backslid. Find out his his dad pastored a huge church in Detroit, Michigan. So all the rain came, and I started talking with him. I started seeing where he was at, and I just started talking with him about things. And uh, I started talking about Barb. And we started talking about some stories about Barb and laughing, things that he didn't know because Barb is something else. And we, he laughed about all these things. And then later I told him, I said, uh, the Bible says a believer lay hands on the sick, they recover. He says, oh, I believe in healing. Yes, I believe that. Church said, what's going to happen tonight when I lay hands on him? He said, I'll be healed. I said, I'm going to curse the cancer. And I'm going to command it to go, the spirit of cancer. And said, I'm going to rebuke death. And I said, you're going to live and not die. I said, now, Barb's going to call me and let me know about you. She thought, okay. So I laid hands on him and did exactly like I said in the name of Jesus. Never forget storms, them coming down. So the next day, later that evening, I get a call. And his man, Ruth, she said, Jim, said, you went last night. Said, you went up and prayed for Barb's fiance, right? Says, yeah. Said, you took Paul with you. Well, Paul, he's one of my best friends. He was my first, uh, cousin's husband he's a pastor a wonderful man of god he stands about this high he's a little full-blooded italian he's loud as i'll get out about this big she said yeah he said you took paul with you and prayed didn't you i said no well he said you stood there and said you talked to him he said but there was a great big man with you and he said that great big man never said a word just smiled that's all he did and i said uh, a big man said yeah i said well, Ain't Ruth, you know part that Paul's a runt. You know that. It ain't that. And she said, who'd you take with you? I said, Ruth, I didn't take anybody. That's who God sent with me. And the next day, that man, it wasn't the morphine, he said about him seeing the angel, because the next day he told me everything I told about Barb. He told Barb every single thing I'd said. She said, you don't have to tell her. You know how don't have to tell everybody everything. But I told him. So the angel went with me into that man's room. He said he never said a word, but he just smiled. He said, when you walked out, he walked out. I said, praise God for angels. Praise God for angels. The Bible, he was, yes, he is healed. Oh, doctors come in, test, run, test, run, test. They said, because before his body was covered, they said, all we can see is there something now? Said they, they had the x-ray, said we can't believe it. So there's a little speck. It's like a pencil head. And said, we're going to take it with uh, radiation, we're going to zap it, and it'll be gone, and you're fine. Walked out of the hospital, totally healed. That's our God. That's our God. You, you know the power that's in you, the Holy Ghost, He straightened up the, the worst mess in the universe in six days. Am I right? He is the power of the resurrected Savior within us. He is the power and the presence of Almighty God on this earth. He has given us power. If we ever learn to tap into the power God has given us, we're going to be unstoppable. Let me tell you what happened in my lifetime. I was working in Oklahoma City, and I was heading for Tulsa. And it was right in the middle of the summer. And everybody knows these summers here. So I'm headed home, and I had bought a brand new, I had a Grand Prix. Everything in the world on that, that was 98 I bought it. Everything in the world on it you could think of. So I'm driving to go home, weekend's over, it's a weekend, and on the way there, 
All of a sudden, my door locks start flashing. This car is totally electric. If, if they made it, I had it on that car. So I'm going down through there, and all of a sudden, it dies, and I coast over on the road. Dead. It's okay. So I get out, and I go and sit on this bank, and I start praying. So I'm praying. And I said, God, send somebody. Didn't have cell phones then. I said, God, send somebody. So I'm praying, and I'm just thanking God. Well, it got hotter and hotter. It got up to about 114. Now I'm sitting there sweating like a dog. No shade, no nothing. I said, God, I was praying, I said, God, you know, it's getting hot here. <laughs> I said, Lord, I said, if you don't I need you, send somebody. My, this car's dead and everything, and the Lord spoke these words to me. And the Lord said, why don't you do something about it? That's exact words he said. Man, when he says things like that, your faith jumps. I said, okay. So I got up and I went over there and I opened the hood on that car. People passing by, they probably thought I was crazy. So I reached down and I wrapped my hands on that, put them on that motor block. And I said, car, in the name of Jesus, I command you to start and run. And I said, thank you, Lord, it's done. And I slammed the hood down. And I went and got inside of it, put the key in there, turned the key, nothing happened. Turned it back, I said, I said, start in the name of Jesus. And I turn the key, it goes, boom. And it starts up. Man, I got it started up. I jumped in there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I turned on and something said, oh, you know that electric, you, you better not turn air conditioning. And the Lord says, do what you want to do. I turned the air all the way up. I had my Christian praise music turned all the way up. And I was running about 80 miles an hour down the interstate on the turnpike going to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I praised God from Oklahoma City to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I got down there and I pulled in. And I pulled in down there to Pelt Boys, right down where I lived. I said, don't turn the car off. The alternator's shot. Pull it in there. I said, well, we'll see what's wrong with it. I said, trust me. I know what's going on. So anyway, I get a call from him later. Hey, your alternator's shot. He said, not only is your alternator shot, your alternator's completely fried, burnt up. everything so a friend of mine larry smith strong christian guy i told him this because he's got a car dealership he said jim you don't realize what a miracle that was your car is totally electric nothing will run without that alternator and the power nothing will work on your car see when that car when that first hit it i thought it's demon possessed i will i'm driving down the road and all of a sudden my radio starts going crazy all the lights on my dash are flashing and my locks are popping up and down, up and down, up and down. Now I'm like, what's going on? And I pulled over. But you know what? I never had that problem. I took you and got that on there. I said, praise God. I said, God is able to raise a dead body and I'm praising God. And I mean, I'm praising Him. And I'm glorifying Him. And God spoke to me. He said, the same power that raised a dead car will raise a dead body. Get ready. Amen. Come on, somebody. Not only heal the sick. Jesus said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out demons. Amen? And I was like, wow. And my scripture I want everybody to go with, let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. You know when Brother Kenneth Hagin had three different terminal diseases, laying on the bed of... 
a deathbed. You know, he as a little Baptist boy, he got a hold of one scripture and whipped the devil. One scripture and whipped the devil. All you need is one word. Romans chapter 8. Thank you, Jesus. There is when, therefore when, now, no condemnation for those who are in who? Are you in Christ? Have you been born again? Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to what? The Spirit. Listen to me very carefully. For the law of the Spirit of life, are you ready? In Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Are you with me? The law of the Spirit of life in Christ has set me free from what? The law of sin and death. I've been set free from every curse. I've been set free from every disease. I've been set free from every attack. I've been set free from every demonic spirit. I've been set free. Hallelujah. And right now, we're going to enforce what he did. Are you ready? Are you ready? Right now, in the name of Jesus, Satan, evil devil, Jesus is against you. And I'm against you in the name of Jesus. Every demonic spirit, every generational curse, I break your power. I command you loose your assignment from these people. And I command you to flee, flee, flee from this place. And remember one in this place under the sound of my voice. Your power is broken. They've been made free. They've been made free. And I say right now, be free. Be free. Everybody shout. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. By the blood of Christ, I'm free. I'm free. Stand on your feet. Begin to tell him, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Made me free. Made me free. I've been made free. Forever free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. free. God told me, he gave me the scripture today and wrote it down. He said, you read that. He said, then you bind every demon, every devil, every generational curse against this church in the name of Jesus. You send it on its way. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're free. Free. Who the Son set free is free indeed. Free. Been made free by the blood. Free. Been made by the sacrifice. Free. Free from all sin, all sickness, all bondage. We're free. Hallelujah. And tonight we're going to walk in that freedom. Hallelujah. From this day forth, every generational curse is broken. Every demonic spirit is bound and broken and sent on its way in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Free is free indeed. Free, Lord God. Free indeed. Some of you have been dealing with generational curses for years. That's broken tonight. 
when I prayed that prayer led, led by God today, it was broken in your life. Generational curses, it might have been on grandma and great-grandma and on your mother, on your dad. It's broken. Not on you anymore. Not on you anymore. I was looking today and I could just see that new pancreas already beginning, already starting inside of you. I began to see that. I said, thank you, Lord, for brand new. Oh, God is a God of creative miracles. Amen. When they, were, they come to Jesus, they were maimed. They were lost. They had, they had missing eyes and they were missing ears. They were missing arms and legs. And the Bible said he made them all whole. That's our God. That's our God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's all paid in full. All paid in full. All paid in full. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, God convinced me. He convinced me that His Word is true. And I can have what God said I can have. I got called into the healing ministry. I always had a passion. And I had compassion on the sick. I was down in my great aunt's Aunt Bessie. She was a character. She was a shouting Pentecostal. I'm telling you what. I'm sitting down at Aunt Betsy's house, and she's like a second grandmother to me. And I'm sitting there, and she's telling me every ache and pain that she has. She's talking about them all. While I'm sitting there, God starts dealing with me. I want you to go. And want you to tell me what do you want to do as an evangelist? I said, Lord. I was talking to God. I said, I ain't going to go if I'm like this other bunch. I'm not going to go. I said, Lord, unless I see miracles, signs, and wonders like in the book of Acts. I'm not going to go. I said, they've got a lot of people out there. The Lord is saying a lot of good things. I said, God, I will not go without that. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, from this night forth, you'll see miracles, signs, and wonders. And the very next service I went into, God just did miracles. Yelling. One lady since 19 is like 1968. She was all messed up in a car accident. Vertebrae were all out of line. It's just a mess. I didn't know much about her, but when she talked to you, she'd stand out like this. I didn't know that. Her husband was a pastor. That night, the Spirit of God began to move. And people said as I was ministering, they said smoke would roll out of my mouth. I didn't see that when looking for it, and it didn't matter to me. But they said they saw that. So we we began to see this and. God spoke to me, and their name was Frony. Now, I don't believe in saying nothing bad about you, Mama, but I'd had said something to my Mama if she named me Frony. And so I went over there, and I said, and God told me, he said, go over there and raise her left arm up. I went over there, and I said, Frony, I said, the Lord spoke to me. He said, raise your left arm up. Well, I didn't know she had lupus, and her left arm had been frozen for about two years. She couldn't move that arm without severe pain in any way. And she come to me and said, Lord, he's going to hurt me. And I just picked her arm and went straight up there. Totally healed. And she goes, she's doing this. Well, I didn't know. Some people in the church knew these things. I didn't know any of this. So she said, praying for some people. She said, tonight's my night. She said, God, heal this. It's my night. And she said, I was in a car accident. I said, uh, she said, in 19... 68, she said, the reason I, or 67, she said, the reason I stand the way I do, because I've got one leg. It wasn't an inch or two. 
is a little mess. She said, my vertebrae is all messed up. I said, sit down right here. We know how to take care of that. And I said, ladies, grab her legs. I said, are you ready? She said, yes. And I said, in the name of Jesus. I said, leg, I command you, grow now in Jesus' name. And he shot out past the other and come back even with it. Power of God hit this lady. She jumped and began dancing and running. And she come back. I said, I laid hands on her. I said, I command every vertebrae in your back to line up. I command your hip to go in place where it used to be. Jesus' name. Totally healed. She come back. She The next day, she called her doctor and said, I've got to come and see you. Her doctor's a Christian lady. When her doctor went and saw her, she took the x-rays and she said, Frony, you've had a visit from Jesus. And she brought the x-rays. Her vertebrae, which were all messed up before, Everything was perfect. Her hip, which was like this, was down here. And her leg was in place. That's our God. That's our God. I'm expecting God to do miracles tonight. But the first thing we're going to do is I'm going to give an altar call. Who wants to receive Jesus as their healer? If you do, the pastor, all of whatever they need to do to come. He wants you to come. Once they get things set up, if you want to receive Jesus, say you're healed. That's what we need to move chairs, God. God did it for that little Methodist lady. She's 94 and never sick. I really felt the inspiration today in praying of the Holy Spirit to do this, Pastor Scott.